March 2nd, Mark chapter 10, verses 32 through 52. They, the disciples, were now on the way to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them. The disciples were filled with dread, and the people following behind were overwhelmed with fear. Taking the twelve disciples aside, Jesus once more began to describe everything that was about to happen to him in Jerusalem. When we get to Jerusalem, he told them, the Son of Man will be betrayed to the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. They will sentence him to die and hand him over to the Romans. They will mock him, spit on him, beat him with their whips, and kill him. But after three days, he will rise again. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. What is it? he asked. In your glorious kingdom, we want to sit in places of honor next to you, they said, one at your right and the other at your left. But Jesus answered, You don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of sorrow I am about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering I must be baptized with? Oh, yes, they said, we are able. And Jesus said, You will indeed drink from my cup and be baptized with my baptism. But I have no right to say who will sit on the throne next to mine. God has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the ten other disciples discovered what James and John had asked, they were indignant. So Jesus called them together and said, You know that in this world kings are tyrants, and officials lord it over the people beneath them. But among you it should be quite different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. For even I, the Son of Man, came here not to be served, but to serve others, and to give my life as a ransom for many. And so they reached Jericho. Later, as Jesus and his disciples left town, a great crowd was following. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road as Jesus was going by. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus from Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, some of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, Tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his cloak, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. Teacher, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has healed you. And instantly the blind man could see. Then he followed Jesus down the road. Hey guys, my name's uh, Zach Welch, also known as Country. I'm 31 years old from Chillicothe, Ohio, and uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what's went on with me and, and how I've made it to the point I've made it today. 
Uh, so all my childhood was it was pretty rough. I, my mom's been married numerous times, and and I've seen men come and go. I've never met my father. Uh, I suffered a lot of abuse, mental, physical, sexual abuse as a kid. That kind of stemmed to to a lot of my problems later on in life. When I was a child, I I hid behind schoolwork and, and was able to do. Uh, that because it took me out of out of my head, and I was able to just do whatever the school wanted me to do. Uh, as I go got older, um, I bounced around from school to school, and I never was at a at a school for the for a full year. So that was kind of rough. Uh, I never really was able to make friends. I had to do a lot of fighting because moving to to new schools, the bullies always thought they could test me and and this and that and uh. So I've done a lot of fighting and never really got to, to make the, the close friends. As I got older, uh, I moved to Chillicothe, Ohio, and ended up, I was in seventh grade, I ended up going to Southeastern High School, and that's the, that's the school that I graduated from. Uh, as I got in high school, I was I always had good grades in school, but uh, I just... I let my grades slip because now I finally had the chance to make real friends and, and I became a, a sports player. I was a jock. I just I wanted to play sports. I wanted to chase women. Um, my first addiction was sex and females and, and after that it grew to alcohol, which grew to weed, which grew to, well, just about anything and everything I could get my hands on. Um, it was it was just really, that's how I, that was my identity in high school was just getting high and being the partier and chasing girls like that's what I was known for but I had friends I finally had people I could hang out with and, and call true friends uh after high school that's when things kind of got rough uh I didn't have those those people or the the sports to hide in I didn't know my identity really so I started using just to to cover and mask pain uh my for the real downfall came whenever I started snorting oxycontins and in the pain pill epidemic then later it moved to heroin and moved to to methamphetamines and and just it got out of it got out of hand so last january 19 january 21st 2019 actually i came into the refuge after trying to commit suicide and and being in a mental hospital for two weeks and just then just running from my problems i decided to come in uh my little sister was the one that, that recommended it and just at that time I came in and everybody hugging and loving and doing all this and that, it was, it was tough for me. I had trust issues, especially for men. Um, so I kind of sat back in the corner. I had a really super bad attitude and didn't want nothing to do with anybody. Just leave me alone. And I was look at what they're doing and look at I'm doing everything right. It was a, it was a real struggle for me them first 30 days. But luckily I had guys around me like Rob Lee. Uh, he helped lead me a lot. He, uh, we had to, I had to carry my armor around at all times because I was just super angry. Uh, spilled milk about got me kicked out. Like I was just, I was ready to fight somebody. Uh, arguing on the front porch about got me kicked out, ready to fight somebody because I never wanted to let go of, of me. I had problems with that. I didn't want to submit fully. Um, once I started learning all this stuff about myself, I started really digging in and, and just really trying to trust the process about everything that was was going on. I knew there had to be something deeper and I never really wanted to confront it. I hid a lot of stuff from my mom and uh, my little sister. I, I worked all my life to protect them. 
and now here I can't even protect myself. So coming into the refuge, all the brothers around me, they really started to to uplift me and, and pour into me and keep me grounded and, and help me see a lot of my problems that I that I couldn't see for myself. Um, it's been a hard process, it has. Uh, I didn't want to work at Thompson's. Thompson's was the last place because I'd always done concrete and I figured it would just be the lifestyle that uh, I lived. I thought it'd be another trigger, but that was just an excuse. I come in, I, I worked at one day at Thompson's and I didn't want to work anywhere else after that. Thompson's was, was my favorite place. I was able to, to get away from the refuge, but at the same time, I was able to fellowship. I was able to build community with the guys around me. I was able to build trust and, and just, work uh upon completion i was able well a couple months before i completed i was able i was given the opportunity to become a cit which uh i'd always wanted to be a coordinator in training i wanted to be a coordinator upon completion but my pride got in the way and until i started to humble myself god wasn't giving me what i wanted and uh it started to bother me it started to affect me so i just went into prayer deep prayer asking God to, to reveal what he wants from my life and he kept telling me to humble myself humble myself and when I finally let go I finally submitted fully that's when I understood what the peace that passes all understanding really means I became joyful I started being uplifting and showing compassion and uh it was a it was a really an amazing transformation uh I've got family restoration back I, I've helped uh shine the light so that my sister become a believer and has been baptized i've just i've got all these relationships that i've worked my whole life to, to to protect and ended up when i thought i was protecting i was really destroying them so if any if anything just uh trust the process rely on your brothers accountability sucks but it works so um trust the process it really is it's an awesome thing god does does miracles he will, he will continue to bless you as long as you stay obedient. And I thank you guys. I love you guys. Bye. Psalm 45, verses 1 through 17. For the choir director, a psalm of the descendants of Korah, to be sung to the tune, Lilies, a love song. My heart overflows with a beautiful thought. I will recite a lovely poem to the king, for my tongue is like the pen of a skillful poet. You are the most handsome of all. Gracious words stream from your lips. God himself has blessed you forever. Put on your sword, O mighty warrior. You are so glorious, so majestic. In your majesty, ride out to victory, defending truth, humility, and justice. Go forth to perform awe-inspiring deeds. Your arrows are sharp, piercing your enemies' hearts. The nations fall before you, lying down beneath your feet. Your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. Your royal power is expressed in justice. You love what is right and hate what is wrong. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you pouring out the oil of joy on you more than on anyone else. Your robes are perfumed with myrrh, aloes, and cassia. In palaces decorated with ivory, you are entertained by the music of harps. King's daughters 
are among your concubines. At your right side stands the queen, wearing jewelry of finest gold from Ophir. Listen to me, O royal daughter. Take to heart what I say. Forget your people and your homeland far away. For your royal husband delights in your beauty. Honor him, for he is your lord. The princes of Tyre will shower you with gifts. People of great wealth will entreat your favor. The bride, a princess, waits within her chamber, dressed in a gown woven with gold. In her beautiful robes, she is led to the king, accompanied by her bridesmaids. What a joyful, enthusiastic procession as they enter the king's palace. Your sons will become kings like their father. You will make them rulers over many lands. I will bring honor to your name in every generation. Therefore, the nations will praise you forever and ever. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich, and he adds no sorrow with it.